Section 8 of The Jim Crow Car, or Denouncement of Injustice Meted Out to the Black Race, by Reverend John Clay Coleman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4. Wages. Scarcely any of the wealthy people of the North, and thinkers on vital questions of the day in European nations, properly consider the salary of colored laborers of the South as a comparison to that of the white laborer. It is universally admitted that the colored race has made rapid progress, progress worthy of praise. But in the face of destitution, educational endeavorment, exertions put forth to erect church edifices, and imposition, as described in the preceding chapter, thousands of good people stand and say, the Negroes are allowed to work in nearly all the branches of labor that are in the South. And why should we help them to build their schools and churches, since they have been freed long enough to look after themselves from a financial standpoint? And why should we try to assist them in getting their rights at law, when they don't try to assist themselves when they are outraged by the lynchers, there being as many or more colored people in some states than white people? If the Negro was allowed the same chance or the same wages as his white brother, then we could, to some extent, join with the above in asking why. But few of the many colleges and churches of the colored people are paid for. Could colored millionaires be expected within 35 years of freedom? No. There are some pursuing riches. In the state of Mississippi, many colored persons owned plantations, only owned until some heir arise to force them by law to disown their property. This course of defrauding the colored people out of their stringent and honest earnings has existed many years. In consideration of these things, we must conclude that donations amounting to pay off debts of colored institutions, such as that of Payne Theological Seminary, should be given by those who have received abundantly from the hands of a father who is rich in houses and lands and holdeth the wealth of the world in his hand. In sustenance of what has been said as a proof of the southern colored labor being discounted in that a minority of those who are fitted for all departments of work are not employed, we give a clipping from the Detroit Evening News. Wages in the South. The Chattanooga tradesman has made a statistical examination of the white and colored labor of the southern states. From the reports received from employers of nearly 100,000 hands, 58% of the employees are white and 42 are colored. One third of the whole number are termed skilled laborers, only 10% of whom are colored. A remarkable fact brought out by this investigation is that over 90% of these workmen are native-born. 61% of the employers said all their help were natives of the South, and only 19% reported that they employed as many as half-natives and half of northern or foreign birth. The tradesman says the reports show wages paid to skilled workmen averaged $2.51 to whites, and $1.58 to colored. Unskilled whites average $1.14 and colored $1.02 per day. 
the highest rate per day reported was $4 paid to expert brickmakers. Foundrymen averaged $2.87 to whites and $1.62 to colored skilled workers. Carriage makers averaged $3.37. No skilled colored carriage makers are reported. In lumber making, white men averaged $2.78 and colored $1.62. Coal miners averaged $2.33 for whites and $1.62 for colored. Stone workers averaged $2.87 for whites and $1.42 for colored. Returns from a large number of miscellaneous occupations show that skilled white workers average $2.43 and skilled colored men $1.70 per day. As compared with northern or foreign labor, 72% of their employers say their southern labor is as good and 5% are in doubt. As to the comparative value of white and colored skilled labor, 46% of the employers say that it is about equal, 43% say that Negro labor is inferior, and 11% are in doubt. As to common labor, 54% say the white and black are equal in efficiency, 29% that the colored labor is the better, and 17% that the colored men are inferior to whites. As to whether white and colored common laborers are improving in skill, 35% of the employers say that they are, 18% that they are not, 17% that the whites are improving more than the colored, and 2% that the colored are improving more than the whites. 12% think that colored laborers are improving, 4% that the whites are retrograding, and 12% no improvement in the colored laborers. That the white and colored laborers work together harmoniously is asserted by 58% of the employers, while 9% declare to the contrary. 21% reply affirmatively with qualifications, and 12% say that harmony exists because whites overrule the colored workers. Mr. Booker T. Washington advocates the cause of the race from an industrial point of view. His idea is valuable and a condition to which many must concede if high attainments in laborious circles are sought for. While Mr. Washington opens this channel, his labors must be preceded by a successful surveyor so that the grounded implements may be put in action. Why stand ye here all the day idle will not then be asked. Give positions suitable to the accomplishment of the colored men and women, boys and girls, and do away with discrimination and imposition of injustice upon them, and then let them alone. Bishop Benjamin F. Lee stands foremost in the educational career, but always connects work with his platform. He is not satisfied with having filled the souls of men with the glorious tidings of the truth, but may, very appropriately, be called the surveyor for the physical wants of the people. As to colored school teachers, etc., wages have been arranged to a low price, some second-grade teachers receiving from $25 to $30 per month, while some third-grade teachers receive a stipulated salary of from $10 to $15 per month. 
Such a reduction in these cases can only be attributed to the unfair basis upon which the boards of education conduct the matters to favor their people and impede the progress of the colored race. End of section 8.